What up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Every Adrian Brody Movie in Chronological Order podcast, a.k.a. BrodyCast. It's Spencer. I'm here with Adam and Greg, per usual, and we're ready to talk about a sweet movie this week. Liberty Heights, 1999. What's up, boys? Hey, Spencer. What's up, boys? Are you Snapchatting this? No. Oh, it looked like it. Just set my phone up. Oh, no, I was really excited for a second because people no. were going to get a like, behind-the-scenes look. You gotta I did that last week. You got to give the people what they want. Got all, to all those give snap the fans. people. Yeah. Give the people what they want. Yeah. All right. Like we said, we were watching, uh, we watched Liberty Heights today, uh, 1999, starring Adrian Brody, uh, Joe Montaigne, Ben Foster. Uh, who else? Anthony Anderson made an appearance. Orlando Jones was in it. We got uh, some some guys from like Dawson's Creek type shit. All the white people. <laughs> lots of white people. Yeah, lots of white people. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, this movie is about the two, the stories of two young Jewish men in 1950s Baltimore as they their lives unfold at a very tumultuous time in which racial segregation, uh, classis, classism, and such are running rampant, kind of, and they're trying to t- find their way. Uh, as as young Jewish men who are also discriminated against um, in a world that's kind of out to get them. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that, that was all right. Yeah, it's it's kind of all over the place. There's, yeah, there's a lot there, of this movie that there wasn't like one big thing that happened. It was just like a whole bunch of small things, small things that went yeah. on. That you know, with we got the main character is the uh, the youngest son of mm, the this yeah. Jewish family. And that's Ben Foster. Ben Foster. And he is dealing with, um, he has feelings for a colored girl. Whoa, you can't say that. That's that's how it was described in the movie. All right. I guess that's the one time. Yeah, but let's let's, (laughs) Let's let's stay stay away away from from that. that. Okay, I'm just trying to. No, you're, I mean, you're, you're definitely in the time period, but you know, we, I mean, that's what the family keeps. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's okay to be anachronistic, I think, in, when it comes to this one. (laughs) I meant no harm. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't continue, know. continue. Yeah. So it's, um, uh, he falls in love with an African American young woman. Yeah. Well, after it's like immediately following the integration of schools. Yeah. So what is this? 1954, something 55. like that. 55. Yeah. Graduation was. It was like 55 on the. Uh, oh, word, word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so she is in his class, and he can't stop looking at her, and then he tells his parents that he uh, he's got this crush, and they freak out. Yeah, they don't like it. No, because this is 1950s America, where they don't like that stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. His parents freak out. Yeah, and her well, parents. Well, yeah, freak eventually out. later when they yeah. their relationship starts to blossom, her parents freak out too. So they don't want <laughs> her being seen with a white guy. Yeah. Understandably, though, I mean, but he didn't even see that his jizzy pants. <laughs> what? <laughs> you may have to give that more context. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's sort of it's sort of out of the ordinary within the movie, and then also within your real explanation. Life. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Well, Spencer, that, explain the that scene. So Ben Foster, Ben Foster, um, basically stalks Sylvia and and figures out what bus she takes to go home, and he jumps on with her, goes home with her. They listen to records and like dance somewhat on well that actually takes place on a different day that's oh, when they first well, start so th- this has happened a couple of times yeah. and he's over at her house again and th- i'm not exactly sure what happened well she she reached over to grab a record on the other side of him so she kind of just put her hand on his leg to just steady herself while she was getting the other record oh and then he made the big nut 
And <laughs> she, so, <laughs> so she immediately noticed. So he looked uncomfortable, obviously. She immediately, I guess, knew that, that that's what he had done. She looked down, saw it was a little wet. I was impressed that I think she had a little more experience than, than the movie had let on. But she knew. She knew that he'd not his pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, he, oh, is it usually that fast? Yeah, this dude. is an explicit episode, I think, if ever people haven't realized already. Dude, viewer discretion is advised. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listener discretion. Yeah. 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 Well, and then five minutes later, the dad walks in. Right. He, he doesn't see the, the He doesn't nut. see. He doesn't see the cum that, yeah. that he made. That was just a really <laughs> bizarre scene in this movie. Uh, it was really weird. <laughs> Just kind of like he has to sit there, and it's like the secondhand embarrassment. I feel like that we all we all felt it was so palpable. Mm -hmm. Like just this dude accidentally just like making a goo (laughs) in his pants. I can't. can't. (laughs) Shot a goo for me to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was a great part. But Brody, (laughs) that's a great part. All right, Brody. Brody Brody in this movie was fucking sweet. Well, Brode Code. Before we discuss Brody. When was, was the Brode Code? That was, it was pretty early on. Huh? It was pretty early. I got it at uh, uh, 418. 418, yep. That's yep. what I got. He just shows it. So he's the, the older brother. Oh, it's Val. Uh, he's, Val. He, Val. Yeah, he, he's in college, I'm pretty yeah. sure. University of Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, he just shows up. He's got a funky tie. He's oh. got this pretty nice hair. He looks Van. real good. Dude, his name is Van. Van. Oh, it's well, not Val? No, it's Van. Oh, I okay. thought it was Van. Val. Mm-hmm. Damn. Okay. Van. Well, uh, sorry. Scratch that. Scratch Val from the record. It's Van. Scratch V A N. Yeah. Uh, he looks great. He's looking sick. probably like the best he's ever looked, to be honest. Mm-hmm. In, it, in yeah, movie. they really did. They did a great job with making him look like a like a real teenage heart, heartthrob kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I mean, shout out goes out to the hairstylist because his hair was looking right messy, like the good messy. You know, like you spend some time just mussing it up a bit. Yeah. Do you know? And how then he. And he was clean shaven. It's the first time we've seen him clean shaven in a while. But he had that five o'clock shadow. That like Only just sometimes. like very pal- just like just a little bit of a vague five o'clock shadow. That, that came in and out depending on when they shot the scene. <laughs> I think. But his hair, on his hair was always on point. And he, oh, uh, yeah. they, there was a bit um, uh, on Halloween. Yeah. When he, they're like, oh well, what's your costume? And he was like, I'm beatnik. Okay. And like that, that was kind of his style throughout it. He was looking like real classy. He wore a lot of black, a lot of dark colors, yeah. um, and uh, he was just a real lovable guy. Good to his friends. He 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 was sad when he needed to be sad. Uh, he was uh, he did a great job. I was he real impressed. He crushed in this movie. Oh, I yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So his basic the plot with him was that he and his two other Jewish friends. Uh, one is played by David Krumholtz from Yesel. Is that Numbers? That's Numbers, yeah. That's Mr. Numbers. <laughs> Mr. Numbers. And himself? the other guy is in Big Bang Theory. I'm forgetting oh, the actor's right. name. Um, yeah. Not one of the main guys, but one of like their friends. And Alan Joseph Zuckerman, who plays uh, Kevin Sussman. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. the other way around. Kevin yeah, Sussman yeah, yeah. plays yeah, I was, I thought Alan his Joseph name was, Zuckerman. Yeah. yeah, and they're like the stereotypical you know, nerdy Jewish young men like ourselves. <laughs> Except you, Spencer. Hey. And uh, Honorary. Honorary, yes. Yeah. Uh, and so they right. go to this Boim. this party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they go to this party that is in the the very um, goyish part of town. For all of you is not right? Jewish people, goy I think it's means white. Just yeah, like not Gentile. like Gentile. Gentiles. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not white. It's just uh, non-Jewish. Mm, yeah, see. yeah. 
Anyway, there's like a whole whole bunch of white people, and they're like afraid <laughs> to say that they're Jewish because uh, you know it's the fifties and people still don't like the Jews. And uh, yeah, now they now everybody loves the Jews. Yeah, everybody loves the Jews. <laughs> yes, uh, of course. And so uh, he sees this girl that he is infatuated with, and she's dressed as Cinderella, but with a wand, and cause Cinderella doesn't have a wand. But that's like the whole thing. It's like, oh, she was Cinderella yeah. with the wand, and he, she gives him a a little kiss. But then they're interrupted a by quick kiss. a quick kiss. They're interrupted <laughs> by uh, David Crumholtz, who gets in a fight over being Jewish, and then they leave the party. Yeah, and anyway. so and so Brody's whole sort of goal in the movie is to find this girl and then eventually become her her lover. Her lover, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Which he kind of does. I'm not yeah. really sure. He like ends up almost sleeping with her, but she gets super, super drunk. And I don't think he sleeps with her. It's hard to say. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, There's like an implication that she told her kind of ex-boyfriend that they schmanged. But it's not... We know, I think from what we saw, it's pretty clear that there was no... There was no yeah, uh, nothing untoward. What we saw, so she she gets progressively drunker um, when she's driving, when Brody's driving her home from visiting her ex boyfriend who was just in a car crash in upstate New York or something somewhere no, very was like far. Oh, Virginia, Baltimore. Virginia, Virginia. Yeah, yeah. Virginia. Well, that's a far drive from Baltimore. It's not that far from oh. Baltimore, is it? Wrong co- state. Probably an hour. <laughs> yeah. <or so. laughs> yeah. That's not, I guess it's not terribly far. No. Um, but she's getting progressively drunker and just drinking from, you know, like a flask sized, I guess, whiskey bottle. Um, and then she starts coming on to him. Uh, she like falls off the bed to get more booze, hits her head, goes from hysterically laughing to hysterically crying, and then goes and pukes. And she kind of keeps, she keeps looking for, um, his approval. Yeah, validation for, for sure. Validation and for Brody to say he loves her. Uh, and that's when Brody's like, whoa, like I, we got to slow slow the yeah. roll here. <laughs> um, so I think he, it seems like he handled it the right way, I guess, which was just driving her home when she was capable. But again, Sp- Spencer said, we're not 100% sure based on the yeah. implications mm-hmm. that the ex-boyfriend says when Brody sees him later. Yeah, I, I feel like Brody's whole plot line, uh, there's just very little conflict. There was a conflict yeah, at no, the beginning sure. with the the fight about being a Jew, but um, past that, he like ends up becoming good friends with the ex boyfriend. Yeah, and like they're like surprisingly really nice to each other. And in the end, when there's a whole separate plot line of uh, the father of the family does some illegal gambling or runs like an illegal lottery. Brody and Ben Foster's family. Yeah, 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 yeah. and he. There's this whole thing with this like drug dealer that they owe money to, and the drug dealer uh, captures Ben Foster and holds him and his hostage. Three yeah, and his three friends. I mean, we don't have to get into all of that, but eventually uh, the father is going to be um, sent to prison and prosecuted by the FBI. And uh, this ex-boyfriend, his father, I guess is in the FBI or has some like he works at a law firm. Yeah, he's oh, a big time lawyer. Okay, big time lawyer, and he like has some political influence, and he can like Brody like asks him, "Oh, just don't arrest my father on Rosh Hashanah." Yeah, and he says, "Okay." So, so we're kind of going like around this plot a lot, and the reason 
it, it's difficult to talk about because this movie is entirely plot. This movie is like plot from the beginning to the yeah. end. Like there's not yeah. there's not much subtlety. So like every right. scene is forwarding the plot in one way or the other, and it's an over two hour movie. And each of the you know, pretty much the three men in the family have their own plot points that no, each of them yeah. follow, and exactly. they have each of those people have like trees of people related to them who have their own side stories. Right, so, so that's why can, it's it's hard to just like give an over yeah. and say this movie is about this. I mean, because you yeah. can't yeah. really say that too many different things happened. Yeah, the, I mean, the one thing I'll say is that you know this movie. I think it's, it's directed by Barry Levinson, who said did Rain Man and yeah. And, and Good Morning Vietnam. And Good Morning Vietnam is that the? Uh, it's a Robin Williams. The Robin movie, Williams right? movie, yeah. yeah. I mean, so I, I, he, I, it's it feels like it's probably a little autobiographical. I don't I don't know that for sure. I don't know where Barry Levinson's from, but the I will say that, like the three men in the family, you know, they for the most part have sort of fleshed out stories. Brody really doesn't all that much. Yeah, but really no female characters and really none of the African-American characters in the movie really have fleshed out stories at all. The only one who's close is the love interest of Sylvia, of Ben Foster, but even her, like she's just kind of there for him to be like, Oh, well you go, you're going to go to the, the college for black people. Right. And she's like, no, well, she's like, yes. And he's like, Oh, well you should do that. Or he's like, you can go anywhere. And she's like, yeah, but I want to go here. And he just he just doesn't under she's like teaching him she's the person there to teach him you know what it's like you know to be she's the token black person in the yeah. movie so I, I I think that that movie this movie was super lacking in having any general sense of the 1950s as a time which is a huge thing to ask for but it was all from the uh, the, the side of you know these white Jewish people well, yeah but, I mean, it, but it hinted at. It hinted. It was. It felt like it was trying to tell you what it's like for these other people, but just doing it really badly. Yeah, mm. I agree. But uh, but the whole point was that, you know, being Jewish, like they, they were minorities as well. Right, but didn't Orlando Jones have like the one where he was like, "Don't tell me about like some slavery that happened yeah, thirty five hundred years ago." Exactly. Like my grandpa was a slave. Like exactly. Lil Mel, he. I mean, he was funny. So he's like the drug dealer that. Um, was owed money by Joe Montana. Yeah, by the the father of the family, mm-hmm. and he was. It's kind of a despicable person. He was definitely well, I, unscrupulous. Yeah, the, that's a word, right? Like he he's yeah. wasn't yeah, smart. You know, he he was kind of nasty. He f- kidnapped uh, four people. The, yeah, but he but he I, I see where you're coming. But he got screwed. Like he he just no, he definitely he did. put money into a lottery and was owed a hundred thousand dollars and the father of the family and his other friends were like screw you dude like we don't owe you a hundred thousand dollars let's tell you we're giving you this part of the business that doesn't exist and they just kept trying to get out of oh yes yeah, the money they he owed certainly him. got screwed at yeah, the they, beginning they, like they, they yeah. were never gonna pay him the money that he was rightfully owed based on their unscrupulous lottery. And that's unless he kidnapped their kids. I'm not saying he he, he should have kidnapped their kid, but like they they were terrible to him. Oh yeah, and like they make him, and the movie makes him out to be like, you know, that he's kind of the villain, and he's just you know he's just a black guy who's just trying to like. Well, he certainly make does a living. the yeah yes, but he certainly does the worst thing in the movie, which is hold four kids at gunpoint, and also when he tries to. Uh, 
make Ben Foster sexually assault Sylvia. Yeah, that wasn't great. That was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will say that Joe Montana's like decision to just completely fuck over Orlando Jones was also pretty low as far as like bad things that happen in this movie. Yeah. I mean, I and, mean, but then he, yes, but then at that one point he's he's like, "Oh, here's 40,000 of the 100,000 I I owe you. Like I'll give the rest to you in installments." Because he didn't have the money. Yeah, but th- then yeah. you don't. Then you don't start a lottery. It's like if you went to a bank. Oh yeah, for sure. And like, you know, I don't know. Took out a loan or something. You took out a hundred thousand dollar loan. They're like, well, here's forty thousand. Well, he, like, he no, shouldn't but I, have I earned a hundred thousand. He shouldn't have sold him the fifty dollar ticket. So Orlando Jones pays fifty dollars for a ticket, while most tickets are going for like they said like twenty five cents. Yeah. Well, that's the reason why they owed him so much money well, because is because he hit he, on the regular number and the bonus. And with the $50 ticket. Correct. Well, what their mistake was, I mean, you know, they were running an illegal lottery for sure, but <laughs> yeah. The well, mistake you, was selling him a $50 ticket, you know, when he you giving gotta, him the possibility to win $100,000. Well, right. yeah, but that but that's, you know, they were just trying to make money. You got to yeah. be aware expecting of anybody your, to Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the odds were so slim. You got to be aware of your reserves though. Yeah. You I mean, if somebody's going to if somebody's going to pay $200 to pick, you know, a number out of 100, you know, I don't know what what the lottery was, but a number out of 10,000, like you're going to take whatever money they're going to give you. Yeah, they just they just whatever the odds were of their thing, they either got super unlucky or they were idiots and just didn't structure the lottery yeah. well enough, yeah. which is also possible. I feel like we're kind of getting into the semantics too much of this. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Brady. Well, this I, plot point. I, yeah, I, yes, I, yeah, but, but gotta, I do think it, I do think it is important in general with a movie that is centered around, as the description says, issues of race, religion, and class distinction in 1950s Baltimore. I think that I, we can move on, but I do think it's important when we're discussing this movie in general. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm done. I mean, something that presumes to have um, an air of realism to it needs to be, I think, in some ways, like... Held accountable. Yeah. And yeah. dissected as if it were realistic. Mm-hmm. Agreed. How does Brody impact this movie? Positively. 100%. Absolutely. Positively. Brody, while he was not the star of the movie, he... I mean, his his plot... Was my favorite, I would say. Mm. Yeah, I think I agree. I I enjoyed the the Ben Foster plot as well. I did too. But I think it was kind of almost in spite of Ben Foster's acting. Yes. Um. I because I normally I really do I I think like if you watch movies from you know later on in his career Ben Foster's really good. What else he d- has he been in? Uh, yeah, I remember him from like Three Ten to Yuma. Um, oh. What else? Shit like that. I think he usually plays like a bad guy, kind of, that maybe has good intentions, but usually ends up being a bad guy. Oh, Hell or High Water. Oh, yeah. yeah he's yeah. in Hell or High Water. Is he the second lead in that? Yeah, he exactly. was the uh, the brother. Oh, he was fantastic in that. Yeah. yeah. No, he's a really good actor. He's, yes. he's really good, but I don't think he was terribly good in this. I mean, he was... He, no. He I mean, was he was younger. young. He's very young. young. He also played Mediv in Warcraft from 2016. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. He was the best part of that movie. Mm-hmm. I did not see that movie, no, but I, I, no, I could have seen that. If Brody's in it. Oh, we actually will. Yeah. No, well, no Brody's not in it. <laughs> he's the orc king or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, I agree. I, I like that part as well, but Ben Foster just was kind of a goob. He was a super goob. Like, he was he was a dripping 
the Dripping the actress who played Sylvia was was a lot better than. See, I didn't. I, I she job. got better. She, in her she first better. scene, not her first scene, but when they they spoke for the first time, when her and Ben Foster spoke for the first time, that scene was terrible. That was on the yeah, on the well, bus. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, was, that, that was that was the fault of everything. And he well, was, was the writing. writing mainly. The writing was was bad. Yeah, mostly. and he was asking her about, hey, we let's we read this Psalm twenty three. Why are you so passionate about it? And she's like, well, why does it? Why are you? Why do you say it? You're a Jew, and this is like a Christian song, you know. Um, and that was kind of their first connection when they started talking to each other the first time. I thought Ben, Fo- I like Ben Foster's. St- his story had more potential. Yeah, I think yes. like him having you know like a social and like racial awakening is an interesting type of plot. I, I thought that Brody was Brody was the best actor in the movie. Yes, I think Brody did better than everybody else at acting. I think his plot was just like super simplistic yeah i I, agree and i didn't know enough about his cat yet he was in college i don't even know what he studied like i don't know what i don't know anything about him other than that he liked this woman and seemed cool i i agree with all of that however i will say even so i had the most fun watching brody's plot all the scenes with brody Mm -hmm. i mean i think that's also because of his two friends um Mm. Crumholtz and other guy Number, numbers and numbers big and bang big theory. bang theory guy. Uh, I thought the three of them had really good chemistry, mm-hmm. and I just it was just a lot of fun watching those scenes. Like that scene in the courtroom, like when they're all together and like kind of laughing because yeah. they sort of scheme to when when they say, "Do you you know swear to tell the whole truth, the such and such truth, or nothing but the truth?" So help you God, and they're all like, "Oh, what if we say no?" And then they kind of all play with that a little bit. Like I like that scene a lot, just because it was silly, and you got to see a lot of nonverbal acting from Brody and the rest of the crew, where yep. he's kind of just like looking at them in, in sort of bewilderment. I li- I like those. That those was scenes. a weird scene. It was, b- it was incredibly weird. bizarre. <laughs> so was, bizarre. They were like, "We could hold you in contempt of court, Adrian Brody, but we're not going to because your hair looks great." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, he actually his yeah. hair was killing it this week. On point. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, did you guys think this was a a good movie overall? Yes, but it was too long. Yeah. I think that we could have probably... I, I don't think that there needed to be three major plots. I think that we could have probably consolidated mm. three into two and then either like blend the Brody character and, jo- uh, and uh, Ben Foster character into one or just get rid of the, the dad. I feel like because it, yeah. it, there just was too much for not enough payoff. I felt like because not really all of the stories had like a satisfactory conclusion. I think you kind of needed the dad in there to show, you know, the the old generation versus the new generation. Right. Okay. In what, That's in what respect? You know the, how she was talking about the mom was talking about how, you know, the the father, kind of, took care of himself. You know when he was. He had this mentality where, you know, when he was growing up, he was, like, severely persecuted for being Jewish. So he kind of paved his own path with that mentality. But why couldn't she just have said that? Because they never showed that he was like that yeah. in the movie. Like, he, they, that was never shown in his character. I mean, all he they really showed is that he was like a, a shitty guy, kind of. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. That, that whole thing with... Um, Little Melvin, whatever his name was. Yeah, I think it was Little Melvin, yeah. I think that that was... Kind of yeah. messed up his, his character a little bit. The fact that the father's storyline 
is the overarching storyline is the biggest issue because that is the worst storyline. Yeah, and he's just so he too. ends up just not being a good guy, and him going to prison is the end of the movie. Uh, yeah, and, and that that is not a satisfactory conclusion to the story. No. Um. Yeah. And they yeah. also tried to like shoehorn in at the very end, like that sort of like retrospective voiceover from Ben Foster's from character. From the very beginning. Yeah, where it's like it, that happens in the first 30 seconds of the movie and the last 30 seconds of the movie, yeah. which is not enough. Which is what? Is he trying to be an author? I didn't I understand. No yeah, idea. yeah, he's, he wants to be a writer. Was that a thing? When was it? It's when very briefly that? mentioned at a, at a dinner scene. Oh. Well, it was weird because he, like, yeah. yeah, that sort of thing. You didn't see enough of it for it to mean anything. And so when you do see it twice, it's just kind of like, what the hell is going on? It's literally the the intro and outro to Last Time I Committed Suicide. Hey, you're, when, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, uh, what's his name? Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane. Tom Jane. When Tom Jane. I just want my kids back. Yeah, when Tom <laughs> Jane, in the beginning and the end, he's like writing and you're hearing a voiceover of him writing you know, the letter um, to Allen Ginsberg, I think. Uh, but yeah. but it began and ended with a voiceover and somebody writing, which is arguably the same thing as this, at least structurally. But in this one, it didn't make any sense, it's and I far yeah. less successful. And I didn't, I, I never saw him as a writer throughout it. That was never really talked about. Yeah, no, they I didn't, agree. They didn't not, mention not that. Successful. I mean, as far as, I, mean, I watched the whole movie, and I didn't remember that at all. But I mean, clearly, I missed something. Yeah, but, but one still, line, like, that's, I mean, it's, that's not enough. Yeah, one line is not enough to like sort of hinge your in and out points mm -hmm. of the movie on something that may or may not be picked up on. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think overall we'll say that it was a good movie. It was a bit too long. Uh, didn't need as as much of that that plot with the dad. Right. But Brody absolutely killed it. Yeah. I think uh, it, this is a great week for Brody coming off of mm -hmm. an, an another great week. Ugh. I oxygen. mean, oxygen was amazing. Oh. Oxygen. Well, at least Brody in oxygen was amazing. And completely different performances. Maybe that goes without saying, but this is yeah. a completely different performance than oxygen. Yeah, oxygen. He was, you know, scary and weird and sociopathic and psychopathic. And this, he's like just a nice guy. You know, he's he's helping out his friends. He's Calm, very lovable cool and collected. Yeah, this this is more like the Brody we've seen in the past. In the, um, it reminded me of King of the Hill. King of the, I was gonna say One Tree Hill. But yeah, it is King of the Hill. Yeah, it's a it's a similar character. Like he's kind of helping along a younger person, and he doesn't spend a ton of time with his younger brother in this. But it is a similar like you know older brother younger brother relationship. In this. Yeah, and he was even a mentor. I feel like to his friends, to uh, to you know uh, numbers and Big Bang. I I see what you're saying about the the similarities to King of the Hill, but I also feel like this was clearly an advancement of that same that same style that he gave off in that way. Like I felt like mm. this, this showed that he has the capability of playing that character, but also giving it a little bit more like nuance and, and a little bit more, oomph, mm -hmm. you know, you know, it's, it's funny because our two, two of the best Brody performances are, are period pieces. You have King of the Hill, which takes place uh, in the thirties. Was it great mm. depression? Yeah. Right. Something and like now that. we have Liberty Heights, which takes place in the fifties. This is yeah. Brody can immerse a himself into a time period. Interesting, and the pianist, which yeah. we'll get uh, to true. in you know we'll, a month we'll or a month and a half. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we get too far into his overall career, I realized we forgot to touch on his line of the week. Oh, oh. there's so many good ones. I yeah, thought. I got a few. 
I, I'll say I remember mine just off the top of my head. Um, it was at the party. And I thought this was funny just because more of like the irony more than anything. Um, there was sort of like a dramatic irony there. But like basically Brode and his two other Jewish pals go to this Christian party across town um, where they're all kind of hesitant to go because it's a full of Gentiles basically. And in this sort of situation, the Gentiles are not so great. Yeah, And they go and there's a... You know, as we discussed earlier, that there's a fight that happens between the guy that's from Numbers and this other white guy who's like, "Why are you Jewish?" Which is an incredibly a name question. Yeah, and they're outside fighting, well, and said, then he says, "Are you Jewish?" Yeah, oh, like I think he said, "Why?" And he won't say yes or no. Yeah, oh. he says, "Just say you're Jewish, and I'll stop." Oh, okay, that's it's still bad, equally terrible. Yeah, uh, so they're outside, and the boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend of this this woman that Adrian Brody ends up becoming involved with, um, he's driving a car sort of without explanation just like driving around and hitting pumpkins and stuff and he crashes into a garage near the party and like everyone turns around and adrian brody looks up and he goes jesus christ what kind of party is this (laughs) and i remember thinking that was kind of funny just because of course it's the jewish guy that's going jesus christ at this party full of christians and also like it was like a crazy crazy party already and like of course, it was the, I don't know, the, the icing on top of this, just like a car crashing into it that no one seemed to be terribly concerned with. Mm-hmm. I, thought it was, I thought it was really, I don't know, it was apt. It was and, a good line. And he was speaking for the audience as well. Yeah, exactly. We're like, yeah. We're like, why is this car driving around in the grass murdering all of these pumpkins? <laughs> yeah, these jack <laughs> What are you doing? You have a, a line, Greg? I do. I, I have two. I'm, I'm struggling with which one I like better. I think I know which one I like better. Do it. Um. The, the the first one I'll say is a little later in the movie when Brody and um, uh, the Dobby, mm. the, Deb- blonde, Dubby? the blonde woman, Dubby, the, the blonde woman who's sort of his love interest, um, she starts laughing and then she starts <laughs> crying and she's drunk and and she hits her head and he, he doesn't know how to react. And she's kind of, you know, acting a little loopy and he just says, I don't really understand what just happened, <laughs> <laughs> which we again we were all thinking, um, yep. and I think it was it was a spot online. The second one I have is when Brody uh, picks up the phone. Yep, I got because this one. You got this one too. <laughs> Brody picks up the phone because his buddy called him, and his buddy is the one who's the ex boyfriend of the the blonde woman that he's interested in, and um, oh, <laughs> Brody's grandmother good. is on the phone <laughs> as well and doesn't hang up the phone. And uh, Brody hears her still on the phone. He goes, get off the phone, bub, yep. which is short for <laughs> bubby, which is like, you know, what you call a grandmother in Jewish Yiddish and in, in Jewish culture. Um, and then she still doesn't hang up and she's just adorable <laughs> and like doesn't do much throughout the movie, but is always there and living with the family. And yeah. Get off the phone, bub is my line of the week. Yeah. Um, I got one more. Uh, I don't know if it's as good as get off the phone, bub, which was uh, going to be my other one. But uh, Brody's at the diner talking about the this girl that you just met mm. and he just goes i was flummoxed yeah 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 yeah. Mm. flummoxed i remember that's a great word it's great word. word yep great word brody great word he had that one and then he also had what was oh my gosh he's like oh they were asking him he's like oh you know about the sinatra thing what what you we were in the car with your brother and he made us listen to this whole sinatra thing and he's like I don't know what you're talking about with the Sinatra thing. I thought that was really good, too. I don't remember that at yeah, all. Yeah, I don't remember though. that line. But I, thought like, it was I like that line, though. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it Great when line. you said it. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Okay, uh, any scene this week that tops uh, hmm. the football scene? 
there's nothing that tops the football scene in this movie for me. I will say that the the Brody facial expressions when he's on the stand after having refused to swear to God mm. that he's telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Uh, I think that's pretty close for me because that was like a great great instance of Brody kind of being just the sort of <laughs> he just looks very confused mm. and I like I like the look that he gave the uh, I can't obviously see my face I'm making the face but. <laughs> Or at least I was. I'm not anymore. <laughs> but yeah, that's what that was my that was my favorite scene for Brod. Yeah, week. nothing for me tops um, the football scene either. But uh, you know, you mentioning confused, I, I did like when he was with uh, Dubby, the the blonde woman mm. in the motel room. I, I I don't recall seeing Brody confused for a somewhat expen- extended period of time, and I, I was impressed by how he pulled off that emotion. Yeah, I really liked. It's not not my favorites, but. I really liked when he first approaches that girl at the party and he's trying to flirt with her and she just like throws it right back in his uh, face. She starts yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, she really does. And Brody is like, whoa, yeah. what, what's going on? She takes ownership over that. Yeah. That's what she said, right? That was one of her faults, right? Is that she likes sex, but she likes to be too much in control or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, <laughs> it's the 50s, lady. <laughs> <laughs> Save it for two decades from now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go to the the list. The list. The definitive oh, yes. list. The definitive top list, three. The top does this road. does this make the top three Broad man performances? Ugh. I'm I'm really am I'm actually debating it. I think that the two sort of drawbacks to this movie is that it's too long, and that the plot wasn't focused on Brody enough for me to really warrant. I feel like this getting into the top three. Or Adrian performance. Yes. Because, you know, like, I thought this was a good movie, but really you could have shaved off maybe 20 minutes and it would have been better, I think. Consolidate a couple of the characters. Well, we're just talking about Brody performances. We're not talking about Yeah, movie. I know. You don't, think he was, you don't think he was in it enough for his no. performance to warrant no, an, I don't a think choice? So. Or a, yeah, okay. An inclusion into the top three. I will say that the hair, makeup, and costuming, or wardrobe, um, Gets it pretty close though. So what are what are your top good. three, Spencer? Oh, okay. Let me do this. Um, this is gonna sound so hypocritical though, because all of my movies were just like the ones that have Brody in it for fun, basically. <laughs> uh, last time I committed suicide, um, Oxygen, and shit. You're gonna have to come back to me. I, I need to pull out the third one. Okay, but Greg. Um. Dang. I think that... <laughs> Dang. I think that... You know what? I think this is going to say a lot about how I'm feeling about Brody right now. Is that sound okay? <laughs> it doesn't sound good. <laughs> okay. Something's going to blow up in, in Goldberg's room. So yeah. my three in order are Liberty Heights, Oxygen, and Restaurant. Wow. So the three last movies we've seen. Wow. I was surprised you, as you well. You stole the words right from my mouth. Wow. This is number I was one? Gonna, no, well, I was going to go Oxygen number one, Liberty Heights number two, Restaurant number three. Yeah. So so recent Brody yeah, killing recent it Brody. with the recent yeah. roles. Yeah. I'll, I'll put, his I'll put agent, Restaurant as number three. Yeah. His agent, fantastic job. He or she is getting him to good movies. He's getting interesting roles. You know, he's leading up to Summer of Sam, the Spike Lee movie next week, which I Goldberg will get to. Yeah. Very I excited. wonder if he switched representation because do, are, haven't we kind of like, we're on 1999 for like a couple months. Yep. Or not a couple months, but like several weeks, right? No, this is week two of 99. How many do we have? Three. And how many weeks in 2000? One. 
Oh, really? So, but I mean, he, the the fact remains that he's doing a ton of movies Whoa. in between now and the pianist. Yeah, we still right? have a whole bunch to go before the pianist. I mean, if you look at 1998, 1999, we got Thin Red Line, Restaurant, Oxygen, Liberty Heights, and Next Week Summer of Sam. So, so these clear, this, clear uptick. Oh, correct. Yeah. And this, I mean, you know, even though his role in Thin Red Line was impressive, the movie's great. That have that may be. I mean, it's a little early to put this out there, but that may be the best two-year stint in Brody's career. Mm. You know? Whoa. Well, so far, for Whoa. sure. I'm saying potentially forever. Wow. Uh, that's a bold That's a bold statement. I yeah, mean, I think really, we'll have it to... It really is. I think we're going to have know. to do, like, BP, BPE, or PBE, post-pianist era, for me to say, like, the best two-year stint. You know, I got to see what happened. Like, starting from the pianist, those two years, what's going mm-hmm. to come through? I feel like that's going to be the strong contender for to unseat 98 through 99. Mm-hmm. Yes, agreed. Uh, bottom three, obviously... Because it's made the top three of, for all of ours. It's not. Right. It's no, not it does, does not make the <laughs> Undertaker's three. Wedding, Natural uh, Born Killers, and uh, uh, I don't know. New York Stories, whatever. New York Stories, okay. <laughs> Greg, you got you to gotta quote for us? I do. I have two. Ooh. Oh, I don't know if we have time one's, for two, Greg. I'm, I'll be quick. One's right. positive and one's a negative. Which do you want first? Give me the bad news first. Yeah. Okay. Let me find it. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I was hoping you'd say one. positive. <laughs> Um, we gotta play the Spanish fleet. Da, 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 okay, you said da. negative. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Um, so here we go. So this is a review from Film Journal from back in like, 1999. I believe this was written. It says the supposed appeal of hawk-nosed jittery Brody in this and the execrable Summer of Sam still eludes us. What? What? I don't know what execrable means. How do you spell it? E X E C R A B L E excrement like poop. Well, that's not a, that's not a definition. He or she who is cursed fate. Oh, that doesn't. Oh, none of these are definitions. Huh. To curse. So he's cursed. Okay. Oh, we haven't seen Summer of Sam yet, so we really can't speak to that. Let's put that as a yeah. side note. Okay, yeah, so that but that Hawk is the dip. nosed what? Yeah, so they're they're just they're critiquing his appearance and that he's that's jittery, which I think in this movie he wasn't jittery at all. No, and he that's looked, also he looked the good in this movie, as we've said, he looked real good. Okay, and the other uh, positive, in the positive one, it says um, it's giving a compliment to the score, which the score was really impressive in this movie. It says uh, Andrea Morricone's. So I don't know if it's is that. Ennio? It might be related. Related? Hmm. Uh, Andrea Morricone's score of 40, uh, of 40 of the great popular songs of the era punctuates on-target performances by rising star Adrian Brody, who took on an altogether more sinister role in Richard Spencer's not-to-be-missed Oxygen. Hey. hey. Okay, so that's the positive. Those are the negative and positive of this movie. I will say, well, did you say score? Because the score is was, I don't know, was nothing to write home about is the I, I'm but the, the can you explain the difference yeah, the score I'm, is like what was composed for the movie and it like sounded very much like Tales as old as time yeah we kept on joking <laughs> it was like beating the beast this Tales says score time. that does say score but then it says like the the song choices there i mean the soundtrack was amazing correct yeah the soundtrack was really well put together i don't know what this review was from it seems like it was from a german site it was written by harvey s carton Hmm. So I don't know how much they know about score versus soundtrack, oh. but I agree. The music chosen for the movie was was great. 
The interpolated The tale as old as time. Is that what it's called? Was poor. It, it wasn't poor. It just wasn't that good. Uh, I will say, or I just looked it up, uh, Andrea Morricone, Morrisone, however you say it, is the son of Ennio. Oh, oh it's a man. Andrea. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Man. Yeah. Good for him. Yes. Um, yeah, but the soundtrack was great. Yeah, it was You had, good. like, you know. James Brown. James Brown. Who et, else? Et cetera. Other et cetera, songs. Other sweet yeah. jams <laughs> of the 50s. Your favorite 50s tune. Yeah. Uh, okay. Good quotes, Greg. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Next week, we have Ooh. Summer of Sam. Sweet. Spike Lee production. Another, it, another long one. A little over two hours. Yeah. Where does it take place? New York. Mm, of course. Where the Son of Sam murders happened. I don't know what that is, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, what is that? Oh, it's the serial murders. Oh, great. He's the serial killer. Dude, is maybe, Adrian the serial maybe killer? Maybe Adrian Brody no, would no, be the serial not. killer. John Leguizamo is the serial killer? Um, I don't think it focuses on oh. the serial killer too much. Is Adrian a detective? It just says he's Richie. True detective. True Adrian um, detective. Is on two young men from the neighborhood, Vinny and Richie, Vinny's childhood friend. Oh, my mm. God. Adrian should be in next season of True Detective. Whoa. That would be sick. That would be great for his career. That would be. Actually, not if it's well, like season two. Only if it's like season one. Yeah, if it's yeah, season what one, Vince part Vaughn two. Yeah, what has Vince post? <laughs> what did he do? The internship? Was that a, was that a movie that he did? Vince, Vince Vaughn? Vaughn? Oh, yeah. Yes. Where he was an old intern? Yeah, yes. Him and Owen. Yeah. yeah, Owen Wilson. That looks sick. Yeah, <laughs> that looks sick. Um, okay, I think we can start wrapping things up here. Great week for Brody. Oh, such a good week for Brody. Yeah, we're on a, a three-week high right now. Mm. Mm. I mean, really a, a four-week high, even though he wasn't really in the Thin Red Line. Oh, dude, I'm still I'm still blazed from good. the Thin Red Line. Mm. Damn. So good. Definitely not a five-week high, because before that was The Undertaker's Wedding. Yeah, yeah that was a That's big the worst sack movie. of shit. That was mm. a pile of poop um yeah execrable (laughs) yes it was cursed (laughs) Cursed. well thanks for for tuning in this is uh your number one brody fans signing off support your local library support your local library